0: Hello there friends, Valerie Silvera here, author, speaker, and courageous living coach. If you need a little more courage in your life, stick with me. Today we are going to talk a little bit about shame and importantly, I'm going to give you three keys to help you start to shed that shame. Growing up, you probably heard your parents say to you that they were ashamed of you. Perhaps it was because you lied, maybe you stole some candy, something like that. I can remember that I stole a candy bar when I was 11 years old. I'm not proud of that, but I did. I stole a candy bar because my friend Karen had stolen one. And as we were walking out of the store and I saw that she had a candy bar, well, heck, I wanted one too. And we were poor, didn't have extra money for things like candy bars, so, Back to the store we went, you know, the criminal mastermind that I am. And the plan was obviously for me to go get my candy bar. So it worked. The plan worked. We got outside of the store. We walked around the side and we had this break sort of in the in between fences that would lead into our neighborhood. And so we were walking around the side of the store and just about to freedom when we heard the mean red haired lady yelling at us. As we turned around, my friend Karen had literally the candy bar in her hand, evidence busted. Me, I broke my candy bar up behind me and was dropping it on the ground (laughs) as I walked toward this mean lady. At least that's what we thought she was. And there we were, caught. Well, not really me, but Karen was caught. In any case, Karen got in all sorts of trouble. They called her mother. I don't remember everything that happened but of course nothing happened to me i didn't have a candy bar but i was with her i was an accomplice they told me that they did not want me to return to the store well that was going to be a big problem because i always shopped with my mom there weekly and it wasn't like they weren't going to notice me the red-haired girl of course i would be noticed and so i had to go home and fess up the funny thing is My mom kept the letter. Yeah, I couldn't even face my mom. I wrote her a letter and my mother still had it. She might still have it today. She brought it out and showed it to Jamie one time. I mean, this is how long my mom hung on to this letter. And what was funny is I had to confess again because I had to tell my mom that I'd actually stolen a candy bar. The letter said I was with Karen. (laughs) I didn't quite come clean. All those years I thought I had come clean to my mother when in fact, all I did was Go with the storyline, the party line at the grocery store. In any case, um, I mean, I can't even imagine how my mother would have reacted had I told her I stole a candy bar because just by me being with Karen, my mom was so ashamed of me that it felt like an eternity, but I swear it was about two weeks. We talked about this recently, and my mom says, no, it was not two weeks, but I think it was, where my mother did everything she could to not even speak to me. She just looked at me with that shame on her face. And I didn't want my mother to look at me like that. I didn't want to feel like I did. I don't want to feel the guilt that I had. I didn't like that. So now a certain amount of shame in that case, for instance, is okay. That was a corrective moment. I mean, well, it wasn't a moment, it was two weeks. But that was for the purpose of really making a point. And obviously, that was the end of my criminal career. So it worked for me. Now, I told my mom recently, gee, mom, you really didn't have to do it for two weeks, though. In any case, that's one thing. But how many times did we hear that growing up? I'm ashamed of you. I'm ashamed of you. I'm ashamed of you. Perhaps some of you heard it a lot, maybe not much. But that word, that shame, unfortunately, is something that grabs a hold of us. It gets into our heart, it gets into our soul and it paints us, it almost paints us with a layer of shame that we carry around with us. So whenever this shame began to attach itself to you, it carries itself all the way through future relationships, different situations and circumstances, the way you think and how you feel about yourself and it will stick with you forever if you don't do something about it. It's almost like layers of paint. You know, have you ever bought a house that was older and stripped down some paint on it to find one color and then you strip through the next layer and there's another color and another color. It's just layer after layer of paint that has been added to the wood. This is the way it is with our shame. It is just layers and layers. If we were to uncover each layer, they would probably have names to them and circumstances attached. It just becomes like that old wood with just those layers and layers that need to be stripped right back down to the bare wood. So that's what you need to do. We've got to help you to figure out how to start shedding that shame, whatever it is, however it attached itself to you. One thing that I want you to remember is that everybody has a story. Everybody has stuff. So what happens when you're covered in shame, you're living this secret, you're feeling badly about something that happened eons ago, you start to think that you're a bad person in comparison to other people. You you begin to believe that whatever you did, whatever happened to you, that this is worse than anybody else's. And I think it's really important for you to remember that everybody has a story, everybody has stuff. And another thing to add to that is that nobody's perfect. Every single person falls short. We all make mistakes. We all have done things, said things for which we are not proud. We're all in the same boat with regard to this. Now that's not to say that we shouldn't feel badly about things when we do things or say things wrong because we've got to have a way to correct ourselves, like my mom who didn't talk to me for two weeks. You know, so some of this is is okay to feel it for a time. Remember Dobby the house elf from the Harry Potter movies, how he was always flogging himself for anything he thought he did wrong? That's what so many of you are doing. You're constantly beating yourself up over and over and over as if you have a life sentence, as if this this shame thing is never going to go away. And unfortunately, it is not going to go away until you decide to take a stand. You decide that you're not going to live covered in shame anymore. Some of the things that we carry shame around in regards to have to do with something that we didn't do. Many of the times it does have to do with things that we did, like me stealing the candy bar. Had I not learned how to shed shame, I could be still feeling guilty about that. And I've done plenty of things in my life that were a lot worse and and all sorts of things that I've said or done or thought that I feel badly about and things that I could continue to live in shame with but I don't. I just choose not to anymore. I've learned how to forgive myself and stay tuned because that's one of my keys here. So some things are our own doing but so many of the things that people carry around have nothing to do with anything they did. You know, it's this false shame. So my friend Annel was talking the other night on a Facebook group Facebook Live, and I know she wouldn't mind me telling you this, but she told me, she told the whole group that she had been sexually abused. I would have had no idea that that was part of her story. I know a lot about all the struggles that she's been through and so many things that have helped her to be courageous, but I had no idea that this had happened to her. And it really brought to mind what happens when these types of situations occur, especially back in the day, as we say, for those of us who grew up in the 60s, maybe even 50s, 60s, 70s, We didn't talk about that kind of stuff, maybe even longer than that. The best thing to do is just forget about it. And in fact, that's what she was told to do. Forget about it, don't talk about it. As a little girl, what that told her was that she did something wrong because otherwise somebody would have been arrested. Somebody would have been in trouble for what they did. Instead, she was asked to keep a secret, asked to keep it quiet, and that covered her with a layer of shame. So we take these things and we just add a little layer and then layer by layer, it becomes a really heavy weight and we're not even exposing ourselves to the true person that we are. I remember having shame as a little girl because we were poor and at one point, my mother was in between jobs and she went to the welfare office and she got one welfare check. When my mother was paid, For the first time, she went to the welfare office and tried to return the money. (laughs) I I can picture them standing at the welfare office going, "Uh, we don't have deposit slips, we don't have incoming funds here. So of course they wouldn't take it, but she really wanted to repay it. And I really respect my mom for that in so many ways and she taught me so many things about hard work and self-reliance and being responsible for ourselves and not blaming other people, not expecting the government to take care of us and all those kinds of really valuable lessons. But I also do remember that there was some shame involved because during that time, we also had lunch coupons and that was for more than a week. We had lunch coupons so that at school we could get a hot lunch for free. And I remember even having, collecting those little stamps at the gas station, you know, the, I don't remember exactly what those were for, but I do remember the look on my mother's face. I don't recall her words, but I remember knowing that this was not something to be proud of, that we were accepting help like this. And so some of that shame did did stay with me for a while, that, you know, the poor girl mentality. And so I had to work to shed that kind of a shame. And then later on, when my daughter became addicted to drugs, eventually to heroin, and, and did all sorts of illegal things. And, you know, she was raised by the honesty Nazi, and that really hurt me. Not only did it hurt me for all of the the normal reasons you can imagine, but the shame that comes along with having a child or perhaps even a family member that goes the wrong direction, that makes bad choices. We feel so much that it's a reflection on us. And so family members that have done things that can often feel like a reflection on ourselves. And that's really only if we decide, like I said, if we decide to take that in and make that our own. So I wanna give you these keys. The first key is something I mentioned earlier. It is to remember that everybody has a story. I think that will help you because like I said, sometimes you start to think that everybody else, you know what I'm talking about, has what you don't have. They haven't made the mistakes that you have. They haven't been through the experiences that you have. And certainly not everybody has been through what you have, but you probably don't really know what everybody else has been through. Just like with my friend Annelle, who's shared a lot of her deepest, darkest thoughts and feelings and experiences with me. And then you know she comes out with this fact that she'd been molested as a child and I never knew that. The point being, that everybody does have a story and you really don't know the entire story. So while you're isolating yourself or living in a pity party, feeling badly for yourself, it's really gonna be helpful for you to remember that everybody has a story and those stories are not what they look like on the outside looking in. The second tip I wanna give you is to keep some perspective on things. So if you've been carrying around shame for the last 40 years, I think it's time to gain some perspective. That happened so far in the past. There's absolutely nothing you can do about the past zero. Nothing, not a darn thing. But man, my friends, you can do everything about the future. It's up to you. You have to decide whether you are going to allow this shame to cover you. Because society can put shame on you. Another person can put shame on you, but you're the only person that can keep it on you. Like me being the mom of an addict, there's a lot of shame that comes from society. I recently saw a post from somebody. There was a, I don't remember if it was a school shooting or it was a a mall or something like that. And it was a young man who had done this horrific act. And some of the comments are just unbelievable. But there was one comment, something to the the effect that, you know, they need to find those parents. It's their fault. And this is exactly the same kind of shame that I carried around for a lot of years because I used to say that if a kid turned to drugs, if a kid went astray, if they went to prison, if they did, you know, illegal things, then it was to the parents' fault. I used to say that. I literally thought that I had that much control. I mean, I know, crazy, huh? I used to think I had that much control that all I had to do is teach Jamie and my son, Sean, whatever they needed to know, everything they needed to learn, and I could protect them. And then of course they would go down the right path. Kids that went down the wrong path, even though I went down plenty of wrong paths, not to that degree, but plenty of myself when I was a teenager. But when they go down these really, really wrong, take a really wrong turn, I said, you should blame the parents. I did talk about falling off your soapbox. So because I had done that, I knew what other people were thinking about me as the mom of an addict. And so what I had to do is get perspective. And this is what I want you to do. I had to get perspective on the fact that I was a good mother. Was I a perfect mother? No, because the list of perfect mothers is short. In fact, it's a blank. It's a blank piece of paper. Nobody's perfect. I think it's great to look back and think of ways that we could have been better because it can help us be better in the future. But if you're looking back to beat the heck out of yourself, that's not helping anybody, okay? It's not helping you, it's not proving anything. All it's proving is that you are covered in shame. So like me, get some perspective on it. I was a good mother. These are Jamie's choices, they're not my choices. As much as it broke my heart, I mean, it busted it into a million pieces I had to get perspective on the shame aspect of things. I could run around with that, you know, tattoo of the mom of an addict on my forehead, you know, telling the world, oh my gosh, it's so terrible, I'm this terrible mother of an addict, but I chose not to. I could carry the shame of that poor little girl that's mother had to have a welfare check and we had to have lunch coupons and all sorts of other things and mistakes that I have made. I could carry the shame of, of my husband cheating on me, my first husband, not my current husband, Rich, when we were so young and first married. I could carry that shame around and think, gee, there I must be damaged, there must be something wrong with me. My daughter was murdered in 2016 and I could certainly carry that around. I mean, isn't there some shame to the fact that she was killed in what was probably a drug deal, we don't really know yet. You get my point? There are plenty of things that you can choose to carry shame around for, but why? What does it do? All it's doing is stealing your joy, and it's not allowing you to really go out there and shine your light and be all that you can be. So keep things in perspective. Don't use a measuring stick. Don't compare one person's mistakes to yours and say, well, gee, what I've done is so much worse that I deserve to be covered in shame. You don't deserve it. God does not want you covered in shame. It's time for you to shed it. The third key to shedding shame is the big one. I am so glad that you are still tuned in because you really need to hear this one. And this is using the F word. Yep. I call it the F word and it is the good F word. It is forgiveness. But let me tell you something, my friends. It's a lot harder than using that other F word. Yes. Using the F word can be so difficult. We have to learn to forgive. That is going to be key in you shedding your shame because these layers are just so hard to get off. You know, back to when I talked about those layers of paint that you're trying to get off, say an old door that's had several coats of paint, all sorts of different colors, and you go and get some cheap or inappropriate stripper and you're trying to get that paint off and it's just not coming off and you're digging and digging and it's driving you crazy until you get the right product. You put that on there and it starts bubbling up and pretty soon those layers come peeling off. Forgiveness is such a key in you shedding those shame layers. You may have to forgive somebody who hurt you deeply and and it's likely somebody who has never apologized to you, probably never will apologize to you. And what keeps us, what holds us back from doing that, what holds us back from that forgiveness is feeling as if the other person doesn't deserve it. That's a big one. I want you to understand that justice and forgiveness have nothing to do with one another. They can be connected in a situation, but they are not the same thing. The police, the justice system, they're in the justice business. God is in the justice business. You my friend are not in the justice business. Now if you work in the justice system for your job, you know what I'm talking about. You're not in the justice business personally, but you should be in the forgiveness business because it is so freeing to forgive i love it i absolutely love using this f word i use it on everybody i can in every situation possible that doesn't mean you become a doormat and you allow people to walk all over you we're talking about forgiving so that you can let go of anger and resentment and cynicism and all the negativity that surrounds that lack of forgiveness let it go Let that person go. Here's the thing, like with the guy who murdered my daughter, I've already forgiven him. I want him to spend the rest of his life in prison. That's the justice side of things. But forgiveness, he is not going to take up any more space in my head or my heart. He already blew a hole in my heart. Why in the world am I going to let him have any more of my life? So I hope that helps you to kind of understand how and why to forgive somebody who's hurt you deeply. Then there is the forgiveness of self and that, my friend, is probably the most difficult and I have no idea why. We seem to be able to forgive everybody else easier than we forgive ourselves. You know, when you confess your sins to God and ask for forgiveness and then you come back the next time and say, hey God, you know about that thing? He says, no, I don't know about that thing. I've forgotten about that thing. He doesn't carry it around. So what are, who are we? Why are we doing that? Why are we carrying all this stuff around? Forgive yourself. Let it go. You are not perfect. You are trying to make your way in this world, and it's not easy. Life is tough. So forgive yourself. So I hope those three keys are going to help you. I really encourage you to do it. Remember that everybody has a story. Keep some perspective on things. Quit getting it all out of whack that this is something that you have to carry around forever and start using the F word. If you want more guidance in any area, especially in all of those related to courage, and guess what? Just about anything worth having, doing, or being in this lifetime requires courage. Go to ValerieSilvera.com get on my insider email list, find more resources, check out my blog and videos and all sorts of access to different resources that can help you. I would love to have you join my coaching tribe. Again, you can get there at valerysilvera.com. I want to leave you with this. Your story matters. So live it courageously.